Hey guys, on this episode of Where Do We Start, we discuss whether or not now is a bad time to buy. Rates are going up, inventory is low, um, offers are very competitive. So um, we discuss at length whether or not we feel that this is something that is uh, new territory that we haven't experienced before as a culture, or if this is a repeat of the 04, 05, 06 crash. Um, take a listen and tell us what you think. Thanks as always for listening. And this is Where Do We Start? Where do we, where, 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 where do, where, 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 where do, where, 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 where do, where, where do we start? I had a question for you, Todd, that uh, happened to me this week with a client and I talked to you a little bit about it, but I've been thinking on it since then because I think it will happen more and more, particularly in this um, market, the way things are with less inventory, um, almost 50% less inventory than even last month, Mm. um, houses on the market. The question was, uh, I've talked to some other real estate agents and some other loan officers and they're advising me that it's a bad time to buy. What do you think? And when we're asked that question, when I was asked that question, my initial response is to not discourage anyone to buy, not in the name of like us getting a deal or making a buck or making the sale or closing the deal, but because it's sort of like, you know, when COVID hit and rates were down to 2% and then they shot up to 3.0% and everyone's like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to buy now. Rates are high. No, they're not. You need to have a very a 10,000 foot view, I think, of the housing market and historically. And yeah, there's limited inventory, but I don't think that means now is a bad time to buy or I, I don't know. That's my my two cents is I would never advise somebody n- not to buy. I th- would find out what their situation is. Maybe if they can stand to wait, that's a decision that they may choose to make in this particular climate. But even that I wouldn't say because you never know what's going to pop out on the market. You never know what offer you make might shine through. You never know. So what are your thoughts on all that? So I, I actually have a lot of thoughts on that because it, it's it's an interesting question based on history and my history in this business of what I know uh, from my 20 years now being through quite a few cycles of ups and downs in real estate, right? So the first 10 years of you know my career path in this industry, I, was, uh, go, I, I started in real estate in 2003 and the market went up, up, up. Right. In 2004, five, and six, we literally had a 20% increase year over year for three straight years. And how is that different than what just happened in the last two years? Yeah, that's a great question because it's a huge difference. Everybody's like, oh, it's the same thing. We're going to have a bubble. It's going to burst. It's not the same thing, though. What happened in 2004, five, and six had to do with artificially injecting buyers into the, you know, artificially um, influencing the market. Right by in adding, terms of value, by adding buyers, right? so supply and demand. Right, we not we, but the the powers that be that create the monetary system with loan, lending money. Right, right, the billionaires of the world. There were no regulations in place technically. Right, not not many regulations on how right. we gave out money. So people who are not ready to finance were getting thrown into the pool buying houses. Oh yes, yeah. so is all it, this it's, uh, it's, it was an unrealistic. Uh, demand Un, totally unrealistic. You were you were throwing buyers into the pool, uh, people into the pool who didn't make enough money to support the loan that they were going to 
be getting, right? So there was no way they were going to be able to repay it over time, but they were using, you know, like smoke and mirrors. Like, oh, well, you know, you're going to get a raise anyway. I mean, some days you're going to get a raise at some point. Right, the market's right, always going right. to go up on the value of your home. Right. And by doing that, they, they had all these buyers who didn't understand the concepts or the uh, whole thought process of what is it we're doing here with investing in real estate, all right? And they just were blindly following the their advice to the loan officers and the people who were giving out the money. And the market had too many buyers, same amount of uh, people selling. There's only It's hard, harder to influence the amount of people selling homes than it is to influence the sense. amount of buyers, that right? That makes sense. So the only way that the selling side of this really changes is if something happens in your economy locally. So say up in Detroit, Michigan, when all the auto uh, production went out, that influenced their market dramatically. They didn't have other industries. Right here in New England, we have a little more stability. With our, we have a lot of different industries around here, and so it's a little more stable. And it's hard if one thing went out, like Pfizer decided to shift a, a lot of their um, business out of state. It didn't hurt us that much. Well, yeah. Well, what would happen if, say, Frito Lay went elsewhere? It would. It would hurt our local economy a little bit, but there's still a lot of other. This is a big one for. Northeastern Connecticut is, is free to lay, right? Right, right. So that one would kind of hurt, you know, a little bit. It would take a sting. Um, but again, there's the, the people that are working there would maybe get a job in the next town over or, mm-hmm. you know, right across the border. There's, there's you mean jobs. in terms of the housing market being affected? Yeah. It, it could hurt us a little bit, but it, it would add more inventory because people would be moving possibly, right? Yeah. So now you have a little bit more inventory that does right. bring the price down. Right. right. So supply and demand again, what we're working with. I'm a client. I ask, is now a bad time to buy? No, it's not a bad time. It's different. <clears throat> it's all right. If I had a crystal ball and I could say, what's the best time? Is markets go up, markets go down. If I could have a crystal ball, when would have been the best time to buy a home? You know, probably about three years ago. Right. Would have been ideal. Rates were pretty low. We don't have time machines, Mr. Todd, so nope. help me, man. I want to I buy a house. Should I buy a house now or should I wait? Yeah. I mean, buy a home now because it's still projected to go up. There's still going to be a shortage in housing uh, because this we go bounce back to the, the what happened in 06. We lost a lot of builders back then, too. They're not building as many homes as they used to. Right, sure. We're not keeping up with supply and demand. So the housing values are so still So for me, that's a check mark, and I shouldn't. I shouldn't go buy a house today because of all uh, the how low the inventory is. That's what it feels like. No, because you're, it, it's low, and it's gonna. You're not gonna. All of a sudden, there's not gonna be this ton of inventory out there that's gonna tank your value. There's no downside home. to the inventory being low when I'm shopping, other than you know whatever. If I miss out on it, the right house doesn't come along. It doesn't come along because of inventory, but. Um, it's sort of like the the Gretzky. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, sort of thing. Yes. So, um, what? Here, I'm again. I'm just playing devil's advocate. What if they come back and say, "Yeah, but rates, man, rates are crazy right now, and Ukraine and Russia and blah blah blah." And I heard from my aunt's cousin's nephew that the rates are going to get better. So why don't I just wait until the rates get better? Yeah, um, because you're still losing out. Don't forget on the value appreciating, right? Even though the rates are going up, the value of your home is still also going up exponentially too. There's compounding on the value of your home. So if you're, let's just take an easy number, let's say 200,000, because it's an easier number to to do calculation on. Sure. Say it's $200,000, let's use 4% appreciation for value. So $8,000 is you bought your house today and next year it goes up by 4%. 
You have eight grand in equity. You have eight grand, and that same house would sell for two hundred eight thousand dollars next year. Sure. Right now, the following year would be two oh eight times four percent. Correct. Got it. So it's not two sixteen. But why do I care? I get that that that's a positive for me as a buyer with an investment, but. How does that affect me if I just wait? Because the same house is going to cost eight grand more next year. Plus, you're paying out rent or somewhere that you're living somewhere that you're just throwing your money away. You're not That's investing true. in your investment. That's this true. home is an investment. That's what people. The one thing I think I try to educate most of my clients with the most is that homeownership is great for the use and enjoyment piece of it, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Use and enjoyment. You can have your friends over, your family. You can have your pets if you want. Do whatever you like. But it's the investment part that's the most probably the most important piece of it all. Right. Right. You have something tangible that is helping you build wealth. Right. For yourself and for your future down the road. So if you move in, live in it, take care of it, over time, you've built equity in something like putting money into a 401k. Sure. It's, but the best part is, this is the part I love about this business. You're going to use someone else's money to get there. So you yeah. got to pay them a little piece of the pie. Sure. So what? They, they, you're, you're paying somebody a small percentage for them, for you to make a lot of money off of this investment down the road. Yeah, right. That's a pretty cool concept. So is it safe to say, or is it too broad to say, waiting for the perfect time to buy is a fool's errand? Yeah, there's no perfect time to buy. You can get lucky. If you want to buy a house or property now, one of your deciding factors should not be, well, what if the rates go down? Well, what Mm -hmm. if there's more inventory? Because you can always wait. Do you want to buy a property now or not? If you do, and now's the time for you personally, then don't consider what the market will or won't do because Mm -hmm. you just can't. You're going to, like you said, you're going to lose appreciation. Well, people get so rate driven. They're so focused on the rate. They're not thinking of the bigger picture sometimes, right? right. What, is this, what is the return on my investment over time? Sure. And it's there's more of a return on investment from owning the real estate than not owning it, right. even if you're paying a little bit more to the person who handed you over the $300,000 to, to invest. Now, in Annoying Counter, yes. you say, uh, hey, Mr. Kyle, there's, there's never a wrong time to buy. I'm like, all right, hold on one second. I only plan being there for two years. I'm not going to see that return by then. Yeah, no, that and there, okay, so yeah, I agree with you there. There is a wrong time to buy if you're not settled and stable in where you're going to be living. Real estate's not, li- it's not easily liquidated. That's one of the downsides of, of owning real estate, right? Right. Is liquidating your asset is not that easy. Right. So if you're not sure that you're going to be working in a particular place or whatever the, your income is, base is, right. right? If you think you might want to go to California next year and live, right. this is not a, you don't want to be a homeowner. Well, yeah, right. Exactly. So if I'm going in two years, I've been accepted to this um, university in New Zealand where I get to study sheep. I'm going to go in two years. Yeah, you would recommend maybe rent. Yeah, I don't see the I don't see the real long term. Uh, real estate investing is is a pretty much a long term game unless you got lucky enough to buy sure, in twenty twenty, sure. which you can't anticipate. No, I mean we don't we didn't know that what was going to happen in twenty twenty. If we right. again, if we all had that crystal ball, we'd all be multimillionaires, right? Uh, right, sure. It, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. But it, it's understanding you want to do a long term investment. Investment buying real estate's a good deal. If you're Thinking about buying something, only living there a year or two, it's probably not the right fit um, because you are going to have to pay costs to sell the property at some point, right? Right. You're going to have to pay to, to get the loan. Somebody's going to sure. You know, you got it's going to cost costs. you up front. Yeah. Yeah. There's closing costs associated with buying a home. There's closing costs with selling a home. Sure. That are all part of the process, right? 
it's not 100% profit. There's some cost when you invest money, right? You got to spend right. money to make money. So in this case, if you're only going to be there a couple of years, it's going to be very difficult to get that return on your investment. Yeah. If you're there four, five, six years, though, now you're talking some returns on that investment. Okay. That compounding. Mr. Okay. Okay. Mr. Cook, you have changed my mind. <laughs> I've decided I'm not going to go to New Zealand. I'm going to stay in this house and get some... Um, Get some, build some equity over time. So uh, what do we do? Make it work, baby. Where Do We Start is a podcast produced by Todd Cook, Kyle Richter, and Ronald Labeef. You can reach us at supremedanielson.com and reach out to any of us if you have questions about getting qualified for a mortgage or refinance. Thanks for listening.